everyone. Thanks for joining us for Health Affairs This Week, a weekly podcast where we catch up on what's happening in health policy. I'm Leslie Erdelak. And I'm Rob Lott. So one of the most talked about stories this week, Rob, came out on Monday when the FDA approved the first new drug for treating Alzheimer's disease in nearly 20 years. And as the week has gone on, we've seen a range of different reactions to FDA's decision because the announcement stirred up a ton of controversy, which I think if you're looking at this with a 30,000-foot view, it might sound kind of surprising because something like this drug is what people living with Alzheimer's and their loved ones have kind of been waiting for. You know, it's not a cure, but it could be an important breakthrough in treatment. And this decision also has some people questioning whether FDA is responsible for kind of pushing a false sense of hope on people because of its role in the regulatory process in getting the drug approved. So we can talk about this development. We can talk about some of the fallout and just sort of ask ourselves, is this a win for patients and consumers or drug makers and the biopharmaceutical industry? And maybe it's a little bit of both, but I think we should start with the drug itself. That's right. Uh, The drug is called Aducanumab and will be marketed under the name Aduhelm. It's supposed to work by eliminating amyloid plaques in the brain. These are the toxic proteins believed to destroy neurons and cause dementia. Um, this That's the hypothesis, at least. There have been other drugs tested over the years that target these same proteins, and none have really been proven to make much of a difference. Now, with aducanumab, Biogen conducted two phase three trials, and two years ago, actually halted these trials before they were completed when the interim data analysis showed that the drug didn't appear to have any benefit. So they stopped, you know, right in the middle of the trial. And not only was it a setback for Biogen, but I think it was also pretty disappointing for the Alzheimer's community and the 6 million Americans who are suffering from Alzheimer's um, who were really hoping for some good news. For sure. Uh, But that wasn't the end of it. There's a twist. Uh, Months later, Biogen conducted a post hoc analysis. In other words, they went back and looked at the data differently and determined that the termination of one of the two trials may have been premature. And they say that in this one trial, after they went back and looked at the data, that 23% of patients in the high-dose group that they were studying showed improvement compared to a placebo. Uh, So it's with that analysis that they went back and applied to the FDA for approval. Uh, But wait, Leslie, uh, there's more to this saga. Um, In November, the FDA's advisory committee, this is an outside group of experts who reviews the data and makes a non-binding recommendation, they voted 10 to 0 with one abstention against approving the drug. And many of the members of this committee said that the evidence just wasn't robust enough. So finally, fast forward to this week. Monday, FDA uh, goes ahead and approves the drug nonetheless. And I think that's the key, right? I, I think that's why you have a lot of people at odds over whether they should have approved it 
So FDA cleared Adahelm using what's known as an accelerated approval pathway. And it's a process that you might see used for cancer drugs. And it's basically a regulatory thing that gives FDA the ability to look at different kinds of evidence where you have a condition that's really hard to treat, like Alzheimer's. Um, so I do think it is kind of a minefield of an issue when you know, you're talking about the standards that are being used in kind of evaluating and approving different therapies without conclusive data from the clinical trials, you know, that everyone can kind of come to a consensus on. Um, but in any case, with this kind of conditional approval that we saw this week, it also means that Biogen has to do a follow-up study to confirm whether or not the drug's effective. And if the results don't hold up, FDA can revoke its decision, but we'll have to wait eight or nine years to complete those clinical trials before that determination would ever come into play. So in the meantime, um, Adahelm is coming on the market with a list price set at $56,000 per patient to cover a year's worth of treatment. And you have some people saying, well, that price is egregious for a drug um, with benefits that haven't yet been proven. Um, but Biogen is standing by the decision because, on the other hand, drug development's really expensive. And still, at the end of the day, you might be thinking, well, if some people can benefit, why not use the drug? You know, what's the big deal? Right. So there are a few reasons where people are pushing back on that question. Uh, and for one, the drug does have side effects. In the studies, about one third of patients in one of the trials had brain swelling and one fifth had brain bleeding, which means that patients on the drug uh, will have to undergo regular uh, PET scans and MRI tests. Another consideration, of course, as you mentioned, the price tag is the cost. Medicare typically covers most drugs with FDA approval, meaning the expense would be paid out of the federal coffers, essentially taxpayers like you and me. With that in mind, I, I want to just take a moment to point listeners to two really stellar uh, pieces on Health Affairs blog. One is a tremendous overview of the whole situation and all of the dynamics at play by Rachel Sachs, a law professor at Washington University in St. Louis and a regular contributor to our pages. The other piece by Sean Dixon, Amy Kilalea, and Richard Frank really digs into Medicare's potential role right now. And the authors of this piece, they argue that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services should launch a national coverage determination process for the drug, which includes an independent assessment and evidentiary review. So Rob, apart from, you know, coming from a, a different agency, FDA and CMS, so how is that process that you just mentioned different from what FDA just did? The, the sort of regulatory assignment for each agency is slightly different. FDA's approval is focused on safety and effectiveness of the drug. Whereas CMS, according to the uh, regulations, are asked to consider whether the service or the item is reasonable and necessary 
for insurance coverage and payment purposes. And so they're slightly different and it's an opportunity really for Medicare to uh, take a closer look. And it's worth noting that um, their decision doesn't have to be sort of black and white, all or nothing, as the authors of this piece say. They have options to either limit coverage or delay full coverage. Uh, this is sometimes referred to as coverage with evidence development, where basically Medicare coverage will only apply to those participating in a clinical trial that's approved by CMS to study, register, collect more information about people getting the drug so that hopefully over the course of a number of years, there will be additional evidence that they can point to uh, to show whether or not the drug is actually effective. Yeah, I think people were surprised that FDA decided to approve it with such a broad label, which of course has really big implications for who's eligible and, and demand. So in terms of other ways the FDA's decision is consequential, people are worried that it sets a precedent and that other drug makers might start to look at accelerated approval as a means of getting their products to the market. Or what I think is a little bit more disturbing that they could see this opportunity to bring forward data from older clinical trials and I wouldn't say manipulate, but certainly their concerns around revisiting or kind of fishing around in the data um, if the bar for getting back on the path to approval is set too low. And there was a piece in the LA Times that said, let's hope that those upcoming clinical trials bring good news because the worst case scenario is that FDA's decision results in a new but somewhat lopsided process for considering drug applications in the future. Yeah, it will be interesting to watch how uh, things unfold after the precedent this process has set. So maybe, Leslie, as we wrap up um, here just a few days post-approval, as we follow this saga, I thought I'd ask you what you're tracking. What outstanding questions might we be able to answer in a few months and years ahead that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are going to be anxiously awaiting for those uh, results from the Biogen clinical trials. Um, you know, if Adaham were to fail in those trials, I think the outcome could be really devastating because, you know, we've all been holding our breath and hoping to find a promising treatment for Alzheimer's. But a little bit more on the practical side, we expect to see this drug shipped out in just a matter of weeks. And so, then the question becomes, how do doctors handle such a large influx of patients? And more importantly, are they going to be comfortable prescribing it? And you know, part of the decision is going to be based on how many patients want it. Some hospitals have to follow special procedures to get these drugs added to their formularies. And then there's the challenge of figuring out how to schedule patients for these monthly treatments. And I also think there's something of a divide between those in the academic and research communities who are more skeptical of the data and the clinicians in private practice who are face-to-face -face with patients and families. And so for that reason, for the doctors who do choose to prescribe, it's also going to be important to set realistic expectations for people who may be starting on this therapy. So Rob, what about you? What do you think we should be watching? 
Yeah, I think it's really important to put this in sort of the broader conversation about drug pricing. There's been this conversation going on for years now, and this is just going to really raise a lot of those questions about what the right price is for a drug or whether or not we're getting our money's worth. And it will be really interesting to see how states uh, respond. Unlike the federal government, which can go into um, to debt, many states have to meet a budget uh, for their me- Medicaid expenditures. And uh, this has the potential to really blow things out of whack um, in the in the months and years ahead. Yeah, I totally agree, Rob. And in an effort to end on maybe a more optimistic note, I think that one of the positive things that could come from this is that we get a chance to really study other experimental Alzheimer's drugs that work against this disease in the same way. And hopefully, you know, maybe someday be able to say we have a cure. Absolutely. Here's hoping. So well, <laughs> that's it for today's Thanks, show. Leslie. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You can find Health Affairs this week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Rob.